Hey folks, in this episode of the podcast, I get to sit down with Aaron Nace of Flern. This is Twit. Hey, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today, I'm sitting down with a good friend of mine, Mr. Aaron Nace. He built a little uh, training service called Flurn. It's all about learning Photoshop and diving in and doing some cool stuff in there and sort of learning all the different doors and nooks and crannies of Photoshop. And Aaron's way, if you haven't heard of Flern, go check it out at flern.com. But Aaron's, Aaron's way of teaching is very empathetic and personal and very just sort of buddy next door showing you how to use the application, which I enjoy. So Aaron Nays, man, thank you. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Frederick. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, buddy, buddy, you know, that's the best way to learn. It's like I want a best friend who also happens to... Uh, know about Photoshop or whatever I want to learn and we can just kind of hang out and learn it together. That's that's kind of the most it's like the most fun way to learn, right? It's like, okay, it well, let me just find a friend who's already good at this. We'll just hang out and do it together and then it won't feel like uh, it won't feel like work. It's just going to feel like we're hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Dig through a million YouTube channels just to figure out how to make a drop shadow or, you know, learn how to use the Bezier tool or something. <laughs> the path tool. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, just show me how to do this real quick, dude. And yeah, but you're I was serious. Your way of teaching is very it's very engaging and personal. Right. I don't I don't feel like it's a OK class. Now we're going to learn <laughs> what channels mean. Turn to page 32 in your manual. Right. It's more of like, dude, this is a channel. This is, this is what you can use for. You don't need to worry about it if you don't need this. Right? 100 percent. Super informal. Yeah, that's kind of like how I operate in my whole life, like the whole world. You know, that's that's all I know is informal. So, yeah, well, informal. <laughs> if that works with you. Great. If not, um, there's plenty of other amazing formal resources out there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we dive into this discussion, so, you know, you and I discussed that we we're going to make this all about masking in Photoshop and the new f tools that are in the latest version of Photoshop or Camera Raw. Uh, but for the folks that may not have heard of Flurn, Flurn.com, what's, what's the elevator pitch that you throw out there for people that may be new to the stuff that you're oh, working on? Yeah, so um, let's see, uh, about 10 years worth of Photoshop and photography and Lightroom videos are available for free on YouTube. So it's Flurn, that's PHLearn, um, it's our YouTube channel. So I recommend starting there. We have an awesome series called 30 Days of Photoshop, which kind of gets you kickstarted. If you don't know anything about Photoshop, we go through all the, like the wonderful tools and features and then kind of like move our skill set forward onto like replacing backgrounds and removing distractions and retouching and even compositing. So it's a really great place to start. It's completely free and it's on YouTube. And then on our site, if you want to go like professional level, you want to learn even more and get a deep dive in like long extended classes. Uh, we also have a like many, many classes available as a monthly or annual subscription on our website as well. So I always recommend just start on YouTube. It's free. It's like super, super easy. And if you're like, hey, this is cool. I want to learn a lot more and I want to get like super in depth and uh, want to hang out with me more and <laughs> learn more Photoshop and photography, then flurn.com. It's a fantastic option. I love it. I love it. And your, your background, Aaron, what your background is portrait photography retouching and then compositing what's the, what are the the areas within photoshop that that you enjoy the most 
Yeah, so my background is uh, with photography. I started out with travel photography and then I moved into self-portraiture. And I started a project called 365 Days where I took a picture of myself every day for a year. And after about day two or three, it was getting really boring. And I was like, well, how do I make this interesting? So I started incorporating Photoshop and learning about layers and compositing and lighting and things like that. And that really just like blew my mind in terms of the creativity and like what you can accomplish with Photoshop. And that like really helped steer that project of mine, the 365 day project. And about, you know, 200, 300 days into that project, a lot of requests were coming in for me to teach Photoshop. And this was just kind of something out of the blue. I had no idea, I wasn't expecting it, uh, but it really resonated and I found I really enjoyed teaching. So. I started teaching Photoshop, also finished up with that project and started photographing other people doing conceptual, fine art, uh, like portrait photography, I'll say. So I you know, photographed other people. After a year of photographing myself, I was like, all right, the world has seen enough of me. We're good. Uh, don't need any more photos of me. So I was like, let's photograph other people. Let's bring these like same ideas, same concepts and same skill sets to life with other people. And so I spent the next uh, 10 years photographing other people. So building like my fine art compositing and uh, like my style with with portraiture and teaching Photoshop uh, all, all at the same time. So my entire career has been in the beginning, I, I was really like wanting to become a commercial photographer. Like that was my end goal when I started. I was like, I wanna be a commercial photographer. I wanna do fine art. I wanna do conceptual work. I wanna do crazy cool stuff. And then along the way, Photoshop and the education side of things took off, like it went so spectac spectacularly well I was like, well, I guess this is my path. You know, it just kind of like presented itself. It was like, you are going to be a Photoshop instructor. This is your path. So I was like, okay, cool, let's do it. This is a, this was unexpected, um, but like so beautiful and so wonderful in, in so many ways. And so that's been the last 10 years of my life has been doing conceptual and fine art and, you know, portraiture and things like that for me as I enjoy it. And then teaching that side of things on YouTube and then on my own website as well. That's great. Yeah. And like you and I were talking about before we started recording, just sometimes you got to take steps in, in a direction in order to realize that that's, that's the direction that you should be walking. And like, it sounds like you were, you know, cruising by, you know, in space, looking at that black hole over there and you're like, oh, I'm in the gravity of that black hole. <laughs> yeah, I guess this oh, is my life now. Cool. <laughs> I guess I'm here. I guess I'm in orbit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. guess I'm here. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny. You know, you never know where life is going to go. And I've, I've always had my greatest successes when I've just like followed my heart and followed my interests. Like what is actually really interesting to me at this point in my life? Like I want to just dive head first into that. And that's always where I've found success, you know, that, Anytime where I've been like driven by other motivations, it's everything's just been harder and just like hasn't really worked out the way that I like wanted it to necessarily. So um, like it's been a fantastic journey of like identifying gut feelings and then trusting those gut feelings and then like leaning hard into them. Like, I love this thing. Let me just like lean hard into it with my life. Let me eat, sleep, drink, think about this thing. And, you know, like without without a super clear goal of like what I want back from it. It's like, how can I give to this thing? How can I, how can I like learn the most that I possibly can? How can I just like um, completely envelop myself in, in, in this thing that I'm so interested in? And, you know, doing that is just gonna, if you love something, you're gonna do it more. 
And the more you do something, the better you're going to get at it. And, yeah. you know, putting in those hours year after year after year, um, eventually you're going to find yourself in a place where um, you, you feel the confidence of like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I know what I'm doing now. Like, I, I can do this. I feel good about it. Like, if I want to take, uh, take the next step and maybe start, like, orienting my career around this, I feel comfortable operating in that space because I've got so many hours and I feel so comfortable doing this. So um, I've, I've always tried to lead my life like passion first and then whatever comes, comes, you know, like uh, there's obviously like everyone has their own motivations and everyone comes from a different background. So um, whatever resonates with you, you know, like whatever makes you feel good at the end of the day, I say like, you know, completely lean into that. There's no one right or wrong way to do anything in life or in Photoshop or photography, anything like that. But um, everyone finds their own way to success. And I don't think there's a like a right or wrong roadmap. And everyone who I know who's been successful has just, um, they, they've found their way to what they enjoy. And then they've done that for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me, you know, that's been Photoshop and photography and just the visual and creative arts in general. And my personal like road to enjoyment, like what I loved about these things, that has also changed in in the beginning. And we're talking 10, 15 years ago, you know, the things that really uh, drove me towards photography and Photoshop, those, those things have changed over time. Um, and sometimes, you know, you change as a person. So your goals and your desires and your objectives can change as well. And so if if you want to stick with something that like you once found passionate, but now you're finding like, okay, maybe I feel a little bit different about this thing now. Sometimes it takes a little bit of like self-reflection to be like, okay, I still want to do this thing, but I'm going to have to find a new way of coming at it. I'm going to have to find a new thing that I enjoy about it. And that's been such a fun journey you know, over the last 10 or 15 years of like photography, Photoshop, you know, creative education of like, okay, I used to do it for this reason, but now moving forward, that's not going to serve me anymore. So I'm going to find a new reason. And then once I find that new reason, it's like this, the spark gets reignited because it's like, okay, I have like, I'm going to come at this same thing from a totally different angle. And I feel like that's when we become like truly well-rounded as like creators and yeah. individuals is when we can approach like the same context or the same type of uh, like art form from many different perspectives. And it, it kind of like redefines over and over again, like why you keep coming back to these things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well said. Yeah. And one of those things is the tools that we use like Photoshop, right? So Photoshop in tandem with with your own personal growth and development and desires and all this stuff, Photoshop continues to evolve over time you know some people some people are angry at the evolution and some people love the evolution as is life right but this latest this what is this the latest evolution or one of the features that came out of the latest release at adobe max last week or a couple of weeks ago was um they pushed the ball forward on selections and masking and all that you remember back in the day Photoshop, um, I mean, I started, I was exposed to Photoshop or I started using it at version two, 2.0. 3.0 is where layers showed up and all that goodness, right? So the, I remember, okay, if you wanted to select, say, a bunch of trees, 
you needed some Photoshop channel intersection wizardry in order to select the, and it, it, it never looked exactly right. And then you fast forward to 2022, 21, and now we have sky replacement that looks full on beautiful. If you look at the mask that this software generates, it's a mask that you could never have created for the most part on your own. What do you think about that? Like from you as a, you know, putting on your compositing artist hat and looking at those tools that we have, even on our phone now in Lightroom on the phone, they have these features, like no more Bezier tool for that kind of stuff. Like, what do you think? Like as a compositing artist, are you happy with the directions that things are going? Are you more like, man, this is too easy for these kids today. They need to suffer like I did with that Bezier path tool. No, no one needs to suffer. I'm happy with it. It's great. You know, like the whole goal is like creativity, self-expression, like doing what you love, right? And if the tools get better, that just makes it faster and easier and more accessible for everyone. So like, I love it. I'm, I'm all for it. Like, you know, <laughs> when we had to use the Bezier tool or the pen tool to cut out someone for 45 minutes back in the day, like <laughs> I didn't enjoy that. That was, I just had to do it because that was the way it was done. And now I can click two buttons and I can do it. And that's better because I can work faster, which means I can get more done and I'm not bogged down by the annoying parts. I can just like continue to create. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all for it, you know, bring on these artificial intelligence advancements that we've got coming down the pipeline as well. Some incredible, incredible stuff. And I think we're just at the very beginning in terms of like seeing what artificial intelligence is going to do for our space. And I'm, I'm super excited by it. I think it's just going to like, create an explosion of creativity and open the floodgates for anyone who wants to create. So I'm, you know, I'm for it. I'm like, you know, uh, I live in a world of like the more art, the better, you know, like let's get mm -hmm. everyone out there expressing themselves in whatever way they can, you know, whether that's music, whether that's writing, whether that's visual arts, like the more art, the better. Like if, if everyone out in the world is like expressing themselves and like bringing the thoughts and feelings and emotions to life through art, I feel like the world is just going to be more vibrant. So I'm like, you know, as these tools get better, it just opens the door for more people to create. And for me, that's, that's exciting. I want to see yeah. as much beautiful art as possible. And I want that for other people, because I know that when I am actively creating art, I'm able to like, understand myself and work through my own like, personal, like, levels of like, okay, why am I feeling this way? Or why am I experiencing that? Or man, I've had a rough day. I want to express this through my art. And having that outlet has allowed me to like move through that day and get on to the next day where maybe I feel a little bit better. And I, if we don't have these proper, healthy, beautiful, safe ways to express ourselves and to get out our frustrations or our feelings or our thoughts or our desires, emotions, if we don't have these ways to like healthily like express ourselves, um, then that can lead to all kinds of repression, which has a number of side effects. And, you know, I feel like as a society, like for us to be like truly beautiful and healthy and like move forward, we have to have these like wonderful ways where we can express ourselves. So mm -hmm. if the technology gets easier, then it just allows more people to go through these uh, periods of self-expression and like get their artwork out there, you know? So I'm a huge fan. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. let's, you know, let, let's make it as easy as we possibly can. The more artists, the better. If everyone in the world is expressing themselves in a beautiful way, you know, like that's, that's just better for everything. So I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big fan. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, it lowers barriers. I think as you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, the people that would have, they had this idea in their mind of some art they wanted to create. And they're like, of course, I got to create that in Photoshop, but I don't really, I'm not that good in Photoshop. I'm going to try to execute this thing that's in my head and get it onto the screen. And they hit a barrier of some sort, whether it be selections or something else. And they're like, oh, Photoshop sucks. I can't figure this out. And then they stop. And then that vision that they had never sees the light, sees the light of day. Now, in your your opinion, these new tools that Adobe has released in the, in the selection and masking area, are they up to par? I mean, as a compositing artist, are they good enough to create the kind of work that you create or need to create? Yeah, 100%. You know, and I like I feel like everything's a process. And as long as yeah. we know how to use our software, then then we can get where we need to go. And there are certain times when maybe like a lot of photo editing is necessary. Like if you want to do a complex composite, put a person on a new background, introduce other elements, things like that. But there are plenty of times when the image you get straight out of camera is like, whoa, this already looks really, really good. Uh, maybe I just want to make a couple adjustments to it. And so depending on like where you're at with your work, your own personal style, what you want out of these photos, you know, these tools are going to serve their own purpose in that journey. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, like every new tool that comes along our way, I'm like, you know, this is, this is fantastic. And, yeah. you know, with the new like select subject and, you know, select different parts of your subject that's come along, especially in tools like Lightroom, I find as programs like Lightroom, Lightroom Mobile, Lightroom Classic, as these, as these programs get more and more powerful, you know, it means we don't have to go to Photoshop to do uh, to do complex editing, we can stick in these programs. And if Lightroom is your wheelhouse, that's where you feel comfortable. And all of a sudden, it's more powerful, then that's, that's just a great thing. And if your Photoshop is where you like to hang out, and Photoshop all of a sudden gets more powerful, I feel like that's a great thing, too. So I feel like we're just a win, at a win-win. They're not removing any tools, they're not taking anything away. They're just adding more power and more tools for us to use as creative. So I feel like the you know we're like at the cheesecake factory and the menu just keeps getting longer and longer and longer you know so it can feel overwhelming but we also just have like more stuff we can order yeah yeah and for folks that's a good analogy and for folks that don't know about the cheesecake factory it's a restaurant chain here i don't know if they're international but they're absolutely here in california where i am and the menu that Aaron is referring to is this Bible of a menu that has all these dishes every time i Aaron, every time i go to the cheesecake factory i'm thinking you know, all these dishes can't be amazing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like you can't, you can't be world class at nine thousand things. You know, <laughs> so. But these the things I order, they're really good at it. So I don't know. Maybe you can. So yeah, you know, who, I'm a big no, fan ahead. of cheesecake. So you know, <laughs> the more flavor, the better. Or if you want to use ice cream analogy, you know, if you like, if you really like chocolate, that's fantastic. Um, but you know, one day if you're like, oh, hey, I kind of like mint chocolate chip too, or I like raspberry sorbet too. I didn't know it was an option before, but now that I've had it, I know I like it. So maybe I'll get two scoops. Maybe I'll get the chocolate that I like, my classic chocolate option, and I'll put some strawberry or raspberry sorbet on top of that too. And now I can kind of mix them both. So, um, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, the more tools we have, the more options we have available to us. It just allows us to create and everyone's going to use these tools differently. Every creative is going to operate a little bit differently. So I feel like just, you know, having these tools that are disposable and getting in there and playing around and anything that can make the, the tedious part of the creative process a little bit easier, I'm a huge fan of. 
I love that. I love that. Well, for the, the second part of this, uh, this interview, I would love it if you could take us into these new tools in Photoshop and kind of show, you know, give a high level of, of what's new and why it matters to folks. Are you able to do that? A hundred percent. Yeah. So right. we, we can go ahead and jump into Photoshop here. So I've got two images uh, that we've got. Up. Both of these are going to benefit uh, supremely well from, from these new masking tools. So we're going to start with this image here on the right-hand side of uh, our subject. We've just got a nice portrait. And the first thing we're going to do, we've got our background layer. I'm going to right-click on that, and we're just going to make this a smart object. So I'm going to go over here to convert to smart object. The reason I'm doing this is because this allows me to change my filter at any time. Just infinite flexibility. So we've got a smart object here. Now we're going to go to filter, and we're going to go right out, down to where it says camera, raw, filter. So this camera raw, this is the same tool that's going to be built into Lightroom, Lightroom Classic, Lightroom Mobile, Lightroom Desktop. All of these different tools are using this same camera raw, and it's also built into Photoshop. So if you haven't updated your current version of Photoshop or of camera raw, just be sure to do so, and you can do that through, uh, through Creative Cloud. Um, there we go. Are you able to see my entire screen then? Absolutely. Yep. Fan fantastic. All right. So um, basically how this works, we're, we're in our camera raw. I'm just going to kind of close everything down. Here on the right-hand side, we have a toolbar that allows us to go through all of our different like editing tools. We can adjust like our details, our color, color grading, geometries, special effects, things like that. And over here on the right, we have our like filters. We have our like patch tool. This is for like getting rid of things like uh, dust on the sensor or skin. Um, like maybe we have a little like uh, breakout or something we want to get rid of. And then over here, we have our masking tools. And this is where we're going to hang out right now. And this is where all these new advances have come in. So let's go ahead and click on our mask. Now, within the masking tool, we have our uh, different objects that we can mask. This is a brand new feature within Lightroom as well, selects objects. This has been in Photoshop with the object selection tool, but now we can do it um, here in Adobe Camera Raw or in Lightroom. So this is where it's super powerful. And as you can see, it was just kind of working in the background to find the people in my image. So this is also brand new here in Lightroom. So this is, uh, we're just going to click on this person. You can see we also have our, our options for selecting our subject. We can select our sky. We can select our background. This, these are fantastic. But this people, this is where we really want to focus here. So we're just going to click on people. So it's going to find the person. Okay. And if there are multiple people in the photo, it's going to find multiple people, which is super cool. Now, you can choose here to mask the entire person. So this is basically the same thing as select subject. But we can also use these new tools to just select their face skin. And as I hover over these, you can kind of see on the left-hand side, I have a red overlay on what's actually going to be getting selected. So the face skin, the eyebrows, the eye sclera, which is kind of like the, the whites of the eyes, the iris and the pupil, or their hair. And in this case, they don't have a ton of... Uh, visible hair. But let's go ahead and select this iris and pupil. We're just going to say, I want to start off with just that selection. So we're going to go ahead and click there and I'm going to hit create. Okay. So here we have our iris. Now let's just go ahead. I'm going to hit controller command plus a couple times to zoom in. And you can see our person one is selected, just the iris and pupil. And here you can see on the layer mask, just, just the iris and pupil. Now you can show this overlay. You can turn this off or on, or as I like change my exposure, that's going to start to disappear. So now we can see just by moving our exposure to the right a little bit, let's say maybe I want to bring my color temperature a little bit warmer, maybe push that a little bit towards green. There we go. That looks a little bit better. And we're going to push our saturation up as well. So doing this, like the mask is already there for me. It's already only going to select these eyes. And I can use this little eyedropper here. 
sorry, this eye visibility tool to kind of turn this off. So there's off and back on. And this is the fact that these tools are available to us in, again, I'm in Adobe Camera Raw, but these same exact tools are available to us in Lightroom, even Lightroom Mobile, like right here on your phone. That's just, it speeds up our workflow incredibly, incredibly uh, well, because I'm able to select just the person's eyes. I don't have to use my own mask. I don't have to create the time, spend the time to do it. So let's go ahead and we're gonna do this again. So let's go to our mask here. Now we've got our, we're gonna go to create a new mask, okay? And then we've got our traditional one, which is select subjects, but now we're gonna go down to this new option here that's select people. Okay, so we're, let's go ahead and select people. So I'm gonna go to entire person. So I wanna select this entire person for now. So as you can see here on the left-hand side, this is um, this is the entire person selected out. There's uh, where this like red overlay, that's what's gonna get selected. So let's go ahead and hit create. Now, this is gonna be super cool because what I wanna do is I wanna subtract from this selection now. So I just created a mask for the entire person. Again, if I wanted to bring the exposure up for the entire person, I can do that. I could just drag it to the right or the left. That's pretty cool. But I can also now subtract from the selection. So let's hit subtract and I'm gonna to go to select people now, okay? So we have a selection that's the entire person and now I can just subtract certain parts of it. So let's go to select people and I'm gonna to go to face skin we're gonna to go to eyebrows. I'm just checking these. There we go, iris, all those. So I just checked face, skin, eyebrows, eyes, sclera, iris pupil, and the hair. So that's basically like, you can see if I hover over here, everything that's highlighted in red is now not going to be selected, right? Because I just, I'm adding these to the mask. Yeah. All right, so let's hit okay on the bottom right. All right, there we go. Let's just get back in there and get back to our mask. I, bu 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 bum. I hit the wrong okay. So let's go back here, select people. All right, face skin, there we go. Boom, boom, boom. I meant to hit this create button. I hit okay on the bottom right, which got me out of camera raw. So yeah. we're gonna hit create here. There we go. And now check this out. So I started with this mask that was the whole person. And then I minus out their hair, their iris and pupil, the eye sclera, the eyebrow, the face skin, Okay, so I minus all that out. So what I'm left with now is just basically the person's clothes. So if I wanna bring in like the shadow level of their clothes, look at that. I'm able to just do the clothes while the rest of the face stays visible. So although there was no like select clothing button, what I did is, isn't this awesome? This is crazy, you know? And I'm wondering like the, the quality of that mask. I know a lot of people are wondering, okay, you know, I when I have, or in other words, am I am I giving up anything by relinqu relinquishing the control over creating a mask myself in here, or is Photoshop doing a better job than I could ever do? Well, that's the fun thing is we're in Camera Raw right now, and we have access to all these fantastic tools. But all of the tools that have been traditionally available to us in Photoshop are still available. So mm -hmm. if you wanna do this in a more manual way, you can totally do that. So it's you're not giving up anything, you've just added this functionality to it, which is fantastic. So let's go ahead and hit okay there, and you're gonna see it's gonna process that. Now, we're back into Photoshop, like the traditional dialogue that you've seen. Okay, we've got our layer zero. Remember, I converted this to a smart object earlier. So now what I've got is these smart filters and my camera raw filter. So I can just go to this little eyeball here, my camera raw filter, and I can just turn this off and on at any time. This is in my layer stack, it's a smart mm -hmm. object. So <laughs> I 
I can just turn this off and on. If I like it, cool. If I don't like it, that's cool too. I can, I can change this at any time. And if I want to edit what I just did, all you have to do is double click right here where it says camera raw filter and you're gonna be back in. Let's just click on our masking and I can go to this mask, okay? And maybe I want my exposure of the, uh, there we go. I want my exposure of the clothing to be a little bit brighter. I want the color temperature to go even more blue on, on their clothing as well. That looks good. Let's hit okay. It's gonna automatically update and here we go. So yeah. I can turn this off and on at any time and I've still got access to my full stack of tools in Photoshop as well. So I'm not limited. Um, I've kind of just added functionality. We got time for like a second example here? Absolutely, yeah. And, and while you bring that, I'm curious, on the on the eye, so you, you were editing, and I love that, you were editing and sort of making those irises pop out a little more. What if you're in a situation where both eyes aren't you know, exposed the same or different in some way, and you want to give more attention to say the left eye than the right eye. Is that just a subtraction again on that mask? Yeah, you would just do a subtraction. So let's go right back here into camera raw filter. We're just going to double click here on camera raw filter. Okay, we'll go back into our masking. And then I'm just going to turn off this mask that we did earlier for the eyes. Okay, so let's just use the little eyeball tool. We're just going to toggle that invisible. So let's go to create new mask. We're going to go to select people again. There we go. It's gonna find the people. Okay, person one. Let's just go to iris and pupil. That looks good. All right, and we're gonna hit create. So right now you can see it's 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 gonna do both of them. That's what's highlighted there. So let's hit create there. All right, and then let's just say we wanna bring our exposure up. We're gonna go kind of crazy, but I don't want this to be visible on both eyes, right? Like right now you can see it's visible on both eyes. Okay, so what we're gonna do is just go to this little subtract button there. So subtract, and then in this case, we're just gonna to go to the brush. So I'm going to subtract with the brush tool. So let's just click on that brush tool. And then I'm just going to make my brush a little bit smaller and then paint over this eye. There we go. So now if I go over this mask, if I take a look at this mask here, we can see it's not really on that eye. Let me just bring my flow all the way up and we'll paint it completely invisible there. So as I turn this off and on, okay, let's just, uh, there we go. There's visible. We just hit, uh, we go it's, you can kind of see the little tools over yeah. top of that which is uh there we go fantastic so if i as i turn this off and on now you can see it's only affecting one let's just click on a different mask so it uh so we don't see all that that is just overlay. nuts that you can do like, that that's crazy that, that you can do that like i mean you know even just being able to to select your subject you know, say this was a shot like the other shots you're going to show. You're going to select the subject and invert that and say, you know, all my shots, you know, I usually light them so that my subject pops out a little bit more. Now you can invert it and just dial that background just back a hair to make your subject pop out. Is it, do you find that it's accurate for that or does it end up with yeah. that kind of pasted on look? I would say it's, it's accurate and the, it's getting better too. Uh, right. Every new release of Photoshop gets better. Like when they first released select subject, the hair selections were not that great, but every new release of Photoshop gets better and better and better to the point where I don't find myself having to refine it. But um, we are able to refine these masks as well. They're not, they're not written in stone. And as we've seen, we can refine them. And, you know, I've created a few masks here in Adobe Camera Raw. And we wanted to show what happens if we just did one eye and left the other one as it was, right? But I didn't have to get rid of my original mask. So I'm, now I'm just going to turn that off. And then we're just going to turn the original that I made back on. And we're good to go. So I kind of have layers here 
now within Camera Raw. And again, we have the same functionality throughout the Lightroom suite of tools as well. So I can but without, okay. without that smart without the smart object functionality though, right? So in 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 Lightroom Mobile or in Lightroom Classic on the desktop, I'm not able to do the whole okay, I'm working in a completely non-destructive workflow. I mean, I guess it is non-destructive, right? But it, so so in that in that light, what's yeah, what's is. the purpose of creating the smart object if it's going to be non-destructive anyway? Uh the purpose of creating a smart object is only in Photoshop. Lightroom Desktop, Lightroom Classic, Lightroom Mobile, those already op operate in a non-destructive way. Ah, so okay. only if you're using Photoshop would you want to use a smart object. The like the whole thing is like, okay, so right now you can see I've created the smart filter and camera raw is a smart filter that exists underneath that, right? So let's say let's say I go to this photo here on the left hand side and I do the same thing. I'm just gonna go to filter, we're gonna go to camera raw filter right here. And let's just say I go and just crank up my exposure way, way, way high and hit OK. It's going to apply it. But now you can see here on my background, I don't have the ability, like here on this image where I made it a smart object, I have smart filters, camera raw filters, and I can go and change that at any time. But on this image where I didn't make it a smart object, it just applied that to the layer without, uh, without the functionality of going and editing that once more. So if you're gonna be doing the process in Photoshop, be sure to create a smart object first because that gives you access to your smart filters and your camera raw uh, smart filters that are that are within that. Um, so like right here, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hit undo, controller command Z, then we're gonna just right click here. We're gonna convert this to a smart object. There we go. And now if I want to go to uh, filter, camera raw filter another time, let's just say I do the same thing. I crank my exposure all the way up, I hit okay. But now what we can see is instead of it just being directly applied to the layer, we have smart filters and we have our camera raw filter. So I can go in, I can turn this off and on at any point in time, and I can double click right there on the camera raw filter. I can go back here and I can bring my exposure back down. I can just click here and type on zero, and then we're back to where we're at. I can hit okay, and then here you can see it applies to my image. So if we're in Photoshop, we just wanna make sure we're using the smart object workflow it's going to make a huge difference in uh, in, in like how interactive uh, these new tools are with our photos. So yeah. big, big deal yeah. in Photoshop. But any of the Lightroom tools, uh, don't worry about smart objects. They don't even exist. You can't do a smart object in any of the Lightroom tools. So just get in there and start working with these filters. So they work the exact same in Lightroom. Yeah. And before, before you dive into the other image, Aaron, uh, settle it for us here once and for all. Should I be working in Camera Raw? or should I be in Lightroom? It really depends on your workflow. If you're like a primary Lightroom user, then stay in Lightroom. You're, you're totally good. Um, cool. If you're a primary Photoshop user, then Adobe Camera Raw is an amazing tool. It's, it's the same tool. Adobe Camera Raw is the software that's it's embedded into Photoshop and it's embedded into Lightroom too. So it doesn't matter so much how you access it because it's the same tool. So it just depends on what your workflow is. Uh, yeah. you know, even it's in bridge too now. So like, mm -hmm. or you could just open your images directly up in camera raw. So it just really depends on what your workflow is. Um, but these, these tools are there to help and they're integrated across, across the entire suite of, of products. So I would just say, keep using the tool you're already using. Love it. Love it. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, we can take a look at this next image. So if I go to my next image here, so I've already, uh, created my camera raw filter. So let's just go ahead and double click on that. 
And now we're gonna go to our masking tools over here on the right hand side. So let's click on our masking and it's gonna say, okay, finding the people. So let's click on this person, pretty cool. Now in this case, you can see it found the person. It did select a little bit of this floor around the person as well. Don't worry though, because this is creating masks and we can actually change these masks at any point in time. So if it's not perfect, like if it doesn't get exactly what you need, um, it, it can be changed. So um, with our person selected, now I can hover over like face skin, body skin, eyebrows, things like this. Now this person's, in this case, I got teeth and lips and hair and all kinds of stuff because um, oh, wow. it just identified more. So uh, let's go ahead and select their face skin, their body skin. You know what? In fact, I just want to do the entire person for now. Let's just click on the entire person here and I'm going to hit create because this is this would be a good learning opportunity. So my entire person, they look really good. But they were just like a tiny bit dark against my background. So I'm just going to take my exposure and just drag that up like a tiny bit. Okay. And I'm going to take my shadows and we're going to just drag this up like a tiny bit. I'm not trying to like change skin color or anything like that at this point. I'm just trying to like make my exposure a little bit better so I can see my person a little bit better. So let's just turn that off and back on, right? So I'm gonna hit controller command plus a couple times to kind of zoom in. And then we're just gonna move on down here. Cause if we remember, if I, as I turn this off and on, it did select a little bit of my background. Look at those shoes, by the way. Oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> I've never seen shoes like that before. <laughs> Neither have I. Wow, <laughs> I wonder if they're comfortable or less comfortable than normal shoes. I'm going to um, go, I'm going to go and say that that does not look comfortable, but I digress. It doesn't, it doesn't look so comfortable. <laughs> it seems like uh, maybe all shoes would be made that way if it were more comfortable. Um, right. But we're just going to turn this off and on and like, yes, it did select part of the background. So no big deal. I can just go here, like in my masking tools, like click on subtract. And then you can use a lot of these different tools. You can use like luminance range to select light level or really super easy. We just like go to our brush tool. So with our brush tool, I'm just gonna make this a little bit smaller. Let's bring our feathering down a little bit. There we go. And I'm just gonna paint over the area that I'm gonna say, hey, I don't I don't want this to be affected. So it still did a great job. Like most of my masking is done for me. It just like, you know, it, it did a slight like miscalculation or error or like, you know. Yeah. It, it didn't do exactly what I wanted in this case. But I'm able to simply like paint that back with, there we go. Let's just go back to my brush. We'll just turn that back on. Um, it, it's able to paint it back. And you can hold Alt or Option to add or subtract from your selection at any time. It selected a little bit of the background here. Let's just turn this off and on. So it's giving you it's giving you a really strong head start, and some of the some depending on the image, some of the head starts are going to be stronger and more accurate than others, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. These are automatic tools. They're powered by artificial intelligence, so they're super good, and they're getting better all the time. You know, but it's it's never going to be as good as like you are, right? Because you yeah. you can think for yourself and and you know what you want, right? But you can but see. You do you know, sorry to interrupt you, I'm just curious, you mentioned AI, and these are AI-powered tools. What is the AI doing, right? Is it looking and saying, you know, I have, I've done, you know, obviously we all, most of us understand machine learning where you feed a computer 
gazillions of images and it can make inferences based on commonalities between those images. Is that, is that what's happening here when it looks at this image is saying, hey, I see this woman that looks like a desert, you know, maybe in Arizona or something in the background. And this woman is sitting in a chair. Therefore, those are eyes and that's a head, and that's an arm and those are legs. I'm going to select all those things for you the best I can. Is that what's happening or is it doing something more clever than that? I don't know. So this, I was at Adobe Max recently and someone asked like, okay, what's, what's the difference between artificial intelligence and machine learning? And like, what, what is actually going on? Like, is this, is it, is it learning every time everyone makes a selection? Yeah. And, and what they said is basically like artificial intelligence and machine learning runs on algorithms and those algorithms get better and better over time through like user input and feedback, but it's not. It's not that every time a user like me, like what we just did, uses this tool, it doesn't learn from these specific instances necessarily, but that algorithm can be changed by the team at Adobe at any time to get better and better based on feedback and based on more samples. So basically the the, the way these tools work, and I'm not an expert at all in this field, is you can kind of tell them what direction to go through. Like, let's say, you know, you ask them to make a selection of your subject and it makes 10 different selections, you can kind of tell them, okay, that one was the best. And it'll kind of like remember that. And then it'll try to do more like that moving forward. So um, these algorithms do get updated by Adobe and then they get better for everyone's computers at, at the same time. So mm -hmm. it's uh, obviously, you know, there are <laughs> renowned experts in these fields and people who spend their entire uh, like, careers on artificial intelligence and machine learning. And um, the, some of the previews I saw at Adobe Max last week were absolutely insane. They were showing us things like um, making images larger, like mm -hmm. expanding crops, and where it was using machine learning to like actually add completely new details to an image. Like right now, like if I wanted to crop to the right, there's no information there. I don't actually, I don't actually have information. But what the artificial intelligence tools that they were showing us at Adobe Max, these are like, this was a sneak preview of like things that may come to these tools in the future, was it would like, it would know that there was a desert back there, it would analyze this image, and it would just like put more desert back there that looked completely real. It was absolutely insane. Wow. Um, so wow. that's the sort of stuff we can look for in, in the future. At the current moment, um, the tools that we have, you actually can expand your images to the left and right a little bit, but it's going to be using existing information from your image to kind of like mm -hmm. clone and copy. But yeah. with the artificial intelligence tools that are coming into the future, it's going to use it like the entire database of images worth of, of photos to construct an entirely new landscape to put there. And these these tools right now, these tools are outstanding, right? I mean, they're it, it, like borderline, like almost Arthur C. Clarke you know, <laughs> magic, right? Indistinguishable from magic, this technology. And I look at it and based on what you're saying, all these people in the world are using Photoshop right now. Photoshop is getting smarter and smarter based on the things that they're doing and the errors that they're encountering. And that's in 2022, late 2022, as we record this. If you fast forward to 10 years into the future, they're not going to stop learning, right? These tools are going to be that much smarter and they're going to, oh, yeah. you know, you're going to be able to just say, okay, I want that thing and it's going to make a picture perfect accurate selection based on that maybe even in video at that point right oh, so yeah. definitely in video that's already like that's already happening in video for sure 
Wow. This is crazy. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you gotta, I, I sound like an old man, right? But I'm like, in my day, we were happy just to have layers. <laughs> and now really cool. it's crazy stuff. Okay. Sorry. Really cool. Sorry to interrupt I, you. I just wanted to ask. No, that. I'm with you there as well. They did a really cool uh, preview at Adobe Max in the sneaks presentation with video as well, where they, they placed text graphics um, behind the subject. So it did an automatic cutout of a subject. Uh, the camera was moving, the subject was dancing. They put text graphics behind the subjects and on the floor. And as the camera was zooming in, the graphics that were in the background, they stayed behind the subject and everything moved in the perspective. So it looked like all those objects were actually there. And all of that was done completely automatically with artificial intelligence. It took like two seconds. It was That's absolutely so amazing. That's yeah, so, so crazy. Uh, we'll have to do another interview where we talk about just sort of these text to AI generation algorithms and all that. Because I'm like, I'm really curious to get your thoughts, uh, you know, in, in the future. I'm going to put you on the spot here. But <laughs> like in the future, like, do you care about that as a compositing artist? This, these, I love it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. The more tools, the better, you know? Like with every new technology, there's going to be like, a, uh, everyone's going to have their own opinion on it. But yeah. Um, I, I love it. I think these are just fun tools, you know, like they, they can be used for just like any tool, right? Like you can use a hammer to build a shed um, or you can hit a person with a hammer and hurt them. You mm -hmm. know, like it depends on like how these tools are used, right? Like that's that's the big deal. So like I feel like with all the artificial intelligence tools that are out there, like we're going to see some amazing, like cool, interesting, creative stuff out there. I think we're also going to see some really controversial stuff out there that like maybe not meant for like the betterment of humanity so uh you know the technology always comes first and then we see how people adopt it and then like rules and regulations and like everyone like that comes later right like when when tools like you know facebook were first announced it was just like wow fun we can we can talk to someone around the world and oh look here's my <laughs> classmate from junior high hey how you doing so good to see you like mm -hmm. really early tools and then now here we are, you know, moving into the future and we have issues of like misinformation and like all of these people who are like learning what they think are facts through tools like Facebook that are they're, they're not facts. And, they're, and Facebook is using its algorithms because these algorithms function very well on spreading virality, like what's the most interesting thing people want to click on. And a lot of misinformation actually like follows that. It's like, OK, cool. Well, wow, this is real controversial. Um, so a lot of people come to believe information that is not, in fact, true. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's just a, like a consequence of these very powerful tools like these are and it's very difficult to can, like predict how these things might move throughout time. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're all we're, we're humans interacting with tools. Right. So like, again, like we can we can build beautiful, beautiful things. And I think as long as we focus on that we're we're in a good place you know so like we can all just put our collective energy on like let's imagine like a bright beautiful amazing future and let's use these tools for like awesome beautiful things that are going to like better humanity and i feel yeah. like as long as we all like focus on that then that's what we're going to bring into existence i love it i love it all right, all right. Well, take us home on this image let's just let's just select this sky out now there's awesome sky replacement i do want to show you so let's go ahead and we're just going to create a new mask here there we go. And then we're just going to go to select sky. So I'm still within camera raw. There we go. Let's go ahead and select the sky out. You can see beautiful, beautiful selection. And then maybe I just want to take like the sky temperature. Maybe I just want to change the temperature a little bit warmer, 
Maybe I want like a little bit of magenta in the sky, give me more like sunset colors. And then maybe we want to work with our contrast a little bit, maybe take our whites down a little bit. There we go. And there we go. I can kind of change our exposure. And then maybe we'll bring a little bit more color into the sky here. So you can see all of this stuff I'm able to do with the sky. And then I can just turn this off and on at any time. And that's affecting the sky in this image. Now, it's not doing a sky replacement, which I'll show you in just a second. But we can affect like the colors in the sky. So all these new masks are incredibly, incredibly powerful. They're available in Photoshop and all of our other Lightroom suites. So um, check them out. They're, it's just a lot of fun. They're, you can't do any wrong. You know, it's it, it's really fun. So let's go ahead and hit OK. But then if I want to, let's hit F for full screen. We're just going to zoom in so I can see just this, you know, there's the before and after, right? So I went a little bit maybe too red with this sky. So no big deal. If I want to just double click on that sky, double click on this, I can go back to my editing tools there and I can click on the sky and I can just go back and say you know what maybe not so red here maybe maybe that maybe I went a little bit overboard here so let's hit okay there we go and then we're going to show you sky replacement here let's just move on up here uh, so I'm going to go to filter there we go actually where is it they <laughs> it's an edit so edit and then down to sky replacement so sky replacement is a totally different tool and this is going to actually analyze the image itself and put in a brand new sky. And you can use all these skies that are included within Photoshop, okay? Or you can add your own sky. So if you want to like use a stock image website or whatever, or just go out and do your own, do take your own images, you can you can see all these skies are now available to us. So let's go ahead and hit OK. And there we go. Now I put a completely new sky in there, and I can edit that as well. Now, the cool thing here is the smart filters. I did this brush tool, but I think I forgot to hit OK. But I actually have a layer mask with my smart filters as well, right? So if I wanted to use my like traditional like magic wand tool or my object selection tool, I can do that too. So I can do this still within Photoshop. So let's go ahead. It's using my object selection tool here, but let's go ahead. I just want to use my magic wand tool. So let's grab the magic wand tool. And I'm just going to bring our tolerance up to like 30, OK? And then I'm just gonna like select this blanket because I'm gonna be like, hey, don't be visible uh, mm -hmm. where this where this blanket is, right? So I've still got access. So you can see I can just paint it away here. So I just use my traditional magic wand tool within Photoshop, traditional brush tool within Photoshop, and then I'm able to use this layer mask here within Photoshop on my camera raw filter, right? Because I used my smart object workflow. Okay, so I've still got access to all of my traditional tools. They're still available to us at any time. And I can I can use those in conjunction with the additional tools that I've got av available to us now with our re recent releases. That is crazy, man. That is, I mean, all the power because it's there's a the power, and I've got got us both back on screen now. So all the all the power of you know all the all the effort that you spent learning the Bezier tool and selections and magic wand and all that stuff. You're not losing that, right? You're right. just now you're getting a head start on and letting AI and the the computer start it off for you. Then you can go in and use your superpowers that you've built up since you know '89 or whatever <laughs> to go in to to tweak the selection, right? A hundred percent. You know, it's like a modern oven. It's like yes, you could bake a cake over like a fire. Um, yeah, <laughs> there are probably people out there doing that, you know, yeah. but it's going to be a lot easier in a modern oven. So the fire is still available for you. If you want to like live that rustic lifestyle, you could do it. You could do a wood burning stove. Even you could, you could do a lot of different things. Um, but 
those the, the old tools are not gone. Um, it's just going to be a little bit easier by the new tools. And maybe you want to like bake your cake mostly in an oven and then uh, maybe like uh, toast some uh, citrus on a fire and put those on the top for like a, a nice zesty fire roasted taste to top your cake off. So you can use them in conjunction with each other if you wanted to. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's so much possibility there. So let's, let's end on this one. So the controversy of all this stuff, right? There's always going to be people that are purists or like, you know, like in, in photography, even before photography, but in photography specifically, there was the transition from, you know, film to digital and then megapixels, this and that, and then Canon versus Nikon versus Sony versus Fuji, then this, you're not a real photographer if you crop or if you edit. The latest thing has been um, sky replacement and those sorts of technologies, right? It's cheating because it's, it's undetectable now. So because it's so good, it's now considered cheating if you replace the sky in one of your images. Like, what, where do you fall? I know where you fall on that. You're a compositing artist, but, you know, articulate it. What do you think about that argument? If someone tells you, Aaron, this shot is fantastic. Is the sky real? Right. And like, I think when people say that, I feel like that's kind of offensive. Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Yeah, what think, do you think? I think it define, depends on how we define uh, ourselves to ourselves and how we define ourselves to others as well. You know, if, if we say like, my goal is to create art and I'm okay replacing skies and that's what I want to do, you know, and you're okay with it for yourself and you're okay to speak it out loud to everyone else. I, I think you're in the right, you know, I think the only real controversy comes in those who are not like willing to accept new technology as it comes along. Um, but in that case, I feel like those people are really only denying themselves the opportunity to learn something new. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like as long as we're all being transparent. Now, if I were to come out and say, this is a straight out of camera shot, you know, going back to these Photoshop where I just did a sky replacement. If I were to say yeah. this is straight out of the camera, I didn't edit it, I didn't do a sky replacement, and then someone later founds out that I did, therein lies the problem. But if I come out and say, yeah, I took a shot, I edited in Photoshop, I replaced the sky, I brightened my subject up, and I'm happy with how this looks in the end, because my end goal is to create artwork, and Photoshop, a camera, Lightroom, Adobe Camera Raw, sky replacement, these are all just tools at my disposal that I'm gonna use to create my artwork to express myself. I feel like if we come to our artwork with that point of view, then, we're just doing, we're using these tools to create the things that we want to create. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you cheated because you used a drill. You know, how dare you use a drill to make a hole? You're supposed to use a, a dowel or something to dig in. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. cameras are tools too, you know, like maybe the original Renaissance painters would be some of them will be like, look at you using a camera. It's cheating. You didn't even have to learn how to paint a portrait. You know, it's like, right. yeah, there, you can go back in time as, as much as you'd like. But with every new technology that comes about, there are going to be people who are excited about it and who adopt it immediately. And I feel like as, you know, as new technologies become available, it can seem overwhelming for sure, but I also feel like there's opportunity for us to learn and grow with these new technologies and embrace them because if we're not embracing them, someone else will be embracing them. And, yeah. you know, 
portrait painting has not gone away. There are still amazing painters out there, but photography is here to stay. You know, photography didn't go away because portrait painters didn't like it. In fact, it's continued to evolve and evolve and evolve and evolve. So, you know, I feel like it's our job as creatives to keep our like focus on like, why are we creating art in the first place? And then the tools and the mediums, that's always secondary. That's mm -hmm. like, that's just whatever you decide to choose. That's baking a cake over an open fire or in the oven. That, those are just different tools and different technologies that we can choose. But the whole reason we're baking a cake is because someone we love just had a birthday and we want to show them this awesome cake and enjoy their birthday, right? It's not, it's not the fire, it's not the oven, it's we love this person, we wanna give them something for their birthday that makes them feel special. So I think as long as we focus on that, we'll be all right. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's like telling Emeril or one of those celebrity chefs that just cooked you a, a five-star meal and you're enjoying it. You're like, oh, this is delicious. You must have great knives in an oven in that <laughs> in the kitchen. Your cookie tastes great. You're, this is amazing. <laughs> you must have great tools. Or you must, you must have a great camera. That's a great shot. <laughs> 100%, 100%, you know, yeah. and it, it's so funny. And I think we've all been there. Like some of my favorite photos that I've ever taken were uh, were taken on like a Canon 5D Mark yeah. II, you know, like something that was uh, new technology when I started, but nowadays seems like a little bit outdated. But yeah. it doesn't matter because the photos that I took back then with those cameras, there was an energy that I put into the, making those images that, that I absolutely love. And I, I go back and look at those photos and they're still some of my favorite photos out of my career. Although modern cameras have advanced quite a bit, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. You can take a beautiful breathless photo on an iPhone and you can take an unexpired, uninteresting image on a phase one medium format camera. So, um, you know, it for me, it's, it's all about intention. It's what you want to go with it. It's the energy that you bring to things. And it's that human connection and where you want to go with all of it. That really makes a difference. And at the end of the day, you know, all the tools and the technology, those are just kind of, um, these are the things that we can use to express ourselves. So I think the intention is, uh, you know, if, if we focus on the intention, um, you know, and see tools and techniques and things like that as secondary, then I think we're going to keep the you know, the important part of humanity in, in mind and not get so bogged down into the details that will change infinitely over our lifetimes. Love it. Love it. Aaron Nace, thank you for coming on and, <laughs> and taking us to this stuff. We got to do it again. We got to have there like in this conversation, I made notes here. I got a page of notes. There are like five other different discussions we need to have. Some of them, you know, sort of metaphysical, some of them are diving into Photoshop, but there's many more conversations that Aaron Nace and Frederick Johnson need to have <laughs> before it's all over. Aaron, if people yeah. want to, if people want to reach out, obviously flurn.com, is that the best place for, for folks to go to be in touch with you? A hundred percent. Yeah. Flurn.com. And, you know, I check out the YouTube. It's, uh, you know, PH learn like Photoshop photography learn. Um, check us out on YouTube. It's all free. 30 days of Photoshop is a fantastic place to start. And if that resonates with you, well, you can head on over to flurn.com and we've got thousands of hours of courses available to you for there as well. Love it. Aaron Ace, thank you so much, man. Have a good, have a good rest of your day. You as well. Always a pleasure. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much everyone for listening. This is Twitter.